0: Listening to Nerds on Film with Roxy Noberry, Sean Moriarty, Gina Giovanetti, and Brian Moriarty.
1: Oh, did you. You done Kirk, didn't you,
2: Roxy? I gone done and Kirk, y'all. It was great. No, I want to talk about Dunkirk and Valerian. Mm. Studio of a Thousand Planets. Okay, so has anyone seen it either? Am I, am I a standalone nerd in this in this example? Uh, I've, I've seen guess.
0: neither. I'm so sorry.
2: I ain't seen it. Well, <laughs> let's just say, y'all, they are two completely different movies. I would hope <laughs> I would so. imagine. And I hope that everyone still goes and sees them for completely different reasons. First and foremost, uh, Valerian is the movie that Luc Besson always wanted to make since he was like, like a teenager. Right. I think I
0: heard tell that uh, his Fifth Element was essentially him trying to do Valerian yeah. in his own way. It was like a test run. Yeah.
2: Um, to see if he could pull it off. And it's funny because it was kind of an homage to Fifth Element in a lot of different ways. Um, because, I mean, okay. to be fair, Fifth Element is Luc Besson's, you know, claim to fame. And everyone's going to love him for it forever. Fifth Element is Awesome. It's the shiznit. And it
0: still holds up too. It It really
2: does. It's so fucking relevant. So Um, good. So City of a Thousand Planets. Unfortunately, what fell flat for me was the script. Um, and the actors. So the main actors are Dane DeHaan of uh, Amazing Amazing Spider-Man fame. Um, and uh, what's the one? It's
0: not fame. It's infamy. <laughs> Let's be very
2: clear. Oh, no, okay. But he did a lot better in... What was that one where they were all teenagers and they got superpowers? Chronicle. Chronicle. Fuck it. Chronicle's so good. He was really good in Chronicle um, and he's really good in a bunch of other stuff. Like he's an in indie He was also right? in that
1: weird like uh, Metallica concert film slash... Yeah. Like, actual film, some kind of monster?
2: It was like darkness or something like that. No, he
1: just said some kind of monster.
0: Yeah, Uh, some kind of
2: monster. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, He was awesome in that. I had a big old crush on him a couple years back. Um, But in this one, he was trying too hard to be like Harrison Ford. um, And it just Mm. did not pay off. And Cara Delevingne, um, she should stick to modeling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but she, um, you know, had to carry the movie because Dane DeHaan, his his performance was a lot weaker. So I felt huh. bad for her. You know, she really does not have a lot of good experience in acting as a lead role, um, and you can't put that pressure on that type of person, like to 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 expect something out of her like that. Um, yeah. I just felt like it was really an imbalance between them, and their chemistry was really flat. So that was kind of disappointing, but it was one of the most visually stunning movies I've ever seen. It like it beat out Avatar for me, honestly, in terms of the quality of the visual effects. Well, I remember wow. looking at the
0: trailer and thinking, my God, this makes Avatar look like an yeah. amateur like project. Like a
2: fucking, yeah, like animation class uh, tribute. No, like right. it, it hmm. was gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Please go see it for the spectacle. Please go see it for the um, visual effects alone. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a movie that will transport you into outer space.
0: I, I have a feeling that the reason why the movie isn't going to do as great is because, and it hasn't done all that well. Yeah. Is because of... It's a property that American audiences really just don't know anything about. Yeah. But it will probably be be a lot bigger in... Uh, Europe and Japan and probably just yeah globally exactly yeah
2: well I mean it was based off of a French comic right so um, right yeah it's it's relatively unknown but the the theme is fairly original Um, I think the themes of world peace like literal world and universal peace sure uh, were really well done it was a very sentimental film he dedicated the film to his father um, his late father so I think it was very um, it came from the heart and you could tell
0: yeah we'll see and maybe it'll have a big. Uh, audience when it reaches home video
2: sure, sure. yeah home video oh my home god video. when it goes out on vhs <laughs> well home video home video, is home video yeah directs to dvd, Direct to DVD <laughs> I mean, this summer okay question is
0: it uh, is it a video format yes yeah. do you watch it in your homes yes it's home video
3: no it is it is god. i'm not uh, oh sorry i'm only gonna see it sorry i'm gonna, from, I'm gonna no, see I'm it when it comes VOD. out
1: on the oculus rift only <laughs> <laughs> VOD. I just I don't like the term VOD. It just well, sounds so Poo on you. Let's talk Sony. about Dunkirk. It's V D with an O in the middle. It's <laughs> exactly. like aerial O disease. Oh my god.
2: Okay, so Dunkirk, um holy shit, Chris Nolan. Holy shit. The intensity from beginning to end was amazing. The stakes were the highest I've probably seen them ever. Um the cast was basically all relatively unknowns. Um minus um uh Tom Hardy uh Killian Murphy um and uh yeah, Kenneth Branagh um all stand performances from them particularly uh I thought it was genius in terms of combining I want to say the pacing of three succinct different storylines yeah, I think it was either three or four I saw this like a couple days ago and a I feel like I blacked out at some point because it was so intense. Um, And the way that the timing all came together was just absolutely fucking beautiful. It was seamless. There's even a whole callback to the Dark Knight in one of the scenes um, in terms of a group of people having to decide uh, the fate of somebody. And the the scene I'm referring to in Dark Knight is the scene on the ferry when, you know, they have the trigger for the bomb and they're trying to... um, to figure out you know what when Debo
1: is trying to not kill everyone
2: Exactly. I thought that was really cool kind of like if you're a big Chris Nolan fan you're gonna really appreciate that how they kind of uh, tied that all together. It was a beautiful nostalgic film about World War one. Um, they had a beautiful sort of sequence um, that was a callback to Winston Churchill. Mm. I thought that was really sentimental and really beautifully done. I think I felt like it was kind of a love letter to the British Army. Um, And the French army a little bit, but primarily the British army. And so if you're kind of a war film buff, you'll really appreciate it. It was a beautiful art house film. Uh, There were some pretty slow moments though that were kind of lagging. I would say that there were some plot holes, some characters that did not have closure that I wish could have had closure. Um, one character in particular, Killian Murphy's character. I mean, Killian Murphy brings it. If you guys have seen Peaky Blinders, you'll love him in this because he fucking, oh, he brings the intensity. Um, but, like, overall, Dunkirk was a very aesthetically gorgeous, um, moving, really well-done script. Just overall, I think it's going to be definitely an Oscar contender, um, at least for editing, sound, um, uh, cinematography, possibly for writing. Um, and I'm really excited to see how it'll do during awards season because it's mm-hmm. definitely an early contender for sure. So two completely different movies, y'all, and I had the time of my life. I was a good film nerd these past couple and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs>
0: there you have it, guys. Uh, Gina, have you seen anything lately?
3: <sighs> Nothing.
0: I know Nothing. you saw Spider-Man, but I
3: did was... see. Yeah, I, I mean, Spider-Man. I mentioned that that last episode, but yeah. anything
2: on Netflix, Gina?
3: I mean, I've, I've mostly just been watching, like, TV on yeah. Netflix. Been watching, like, Orange is the New Black. you watch Glow? I haven't No, Glow is my, my next choice. Oh, get on it. I'm so... I'm really excited. I just need to, like... I need to complete things. Mm, so, yeah. I'll that's... Wait for you. Yeah. Um,
2: I'll wait for you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could quit you. I wish I could quit you. I'll wait. Hit me up when you want to watch I go. haven't
0: seen any new... I mean, honestly, I think the last movie I saw in the theater was probably Spider-Man. Because mm-hmm. we just we've been so busy, mm-hmm. but we have watched, we have caught up on Game of Thrones, good. which is awesome, and then we started watching Stranger Things finally.
3: Oh my god! See, what? Stranger Things is so good. Dude, welcome to Speaking the.
0: Speaking of nostalgia, right? Like yeah. so many eighties, right? called movies. but also
3: just kind of like an entity of its own too, mm-hmm. which is so good. Like, yeah. I want. I want Dustin to be my future child. Aww. Like he's yeah. oh, he's, he's so cute. Cutie. So
0: Vanessa is further along than I am. She's doubling back from me. We've only seen the first episode, but we are going. To, we are going to finish it before.
2: Dude, I knocked that show out in three days. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It was so well, just so not that many episodes, right? It's so like eight gorgeous. episodes. Yeah, such a great show. It yeah. was so good. Oh, Winona, welcome well, back.
0: We definitely are planning to have it done well before the October release date of the season. You fucking
2: better. If
3: uh, if you need something in that same vein to kind of fill your. Stranger Things Shaped Hole, once there's none left. Uh, <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn's Paper Girls is a fantastic comic that's also kind of like weird and eight easy to, uh, to fall back on as
2: well. Yeah. Have you read Saga, Brian? Mm-mm. Oh, God. Read saga. Same
3: same author, Saga, Paper Girls, and the completed Why the Last Man. Oh, okay. <sighs> so good. I lo- guys, I really like comics and books, if you didn't pick up on that already. Yeah, I've done already. comics. I like I like a lot of stuff. <laughs> Good shit.
0: Was an idea we had. We
1: had a nerds on comics idea for a podcast yeah. years ago. Never really came together.
2: What have you seen, Shanzi?
1: So the two movies that I saw recently that I thought were amazing and they kind of like I I've said this before. I've I'm so desensitized by movies now that I'm rarely surprised by anything like for example, spoilers, Wonder Woman spoilers when I completely could tell who uh, Ares was from mm-hmm. the moment that he appeared. Um, But there were two movies I watched that completely surprised the shit out of me and I had ideas about what they were going to be about and they completely turned my head around and it was uh, Get Out... Oh. And colossal.
3: <gasps>
2: tell me about colossal because I think there's a big thing about everyone's talking about Get Out, but I don't think enough people are talking about colossal.
3: I I no hadn't actually did. heard of colossal until you mentioned it, and then I just saw like an ad for it on Facebook or something.
1: I can't really okay. So you've if you've seen the trailer, the trailer looks like it gives something away, but it really doesn't. And I can't the I can't really tell you what the story is about without ruining the whole thing. You kind of got to in go it. into it just knowing the following. Anne Hathaway is like this crazy alcoholic who keeps going out and partying all the time and she comes oh, yeah. home to her boyfriend and her boyfriend boots her out of the house and says, yeah. so she moves back home and reconnects with an old, old friend from like elementary school played by Jason Sudeikis. They start watching TV and there's been at the same time of the morning for a few mornings, I, think, I forget what day of the week they were, there is this giant monster that is attacking, a kaiju, you know, attacking uh, Seoul in North, in South Korea. And you start, then Anne Hathaway starts to notice something similar about the way the monster's moving and how odd it is and realizes that she's controlling the monster.
2: And that's it.
1: And she doesn't realize. That's all you need to know going into it.
2: Interesting. You, okay. I, you know, Sean, the moment you said Anne Hathaway, I remembered watching this preview. Yeah. And... That's fucking hilarious. That to sounds me. great. But
1: <laughs> the kaiju thing is like you're like, "Oh, this is going to be a cool kaiju movie too." There's a there's good kaiju scenes in it. Okay. Some that are funny, some that are awkward, but like what the story really ends up being about and the theme of the movie and the lesson that it teaches is so nothing that you would have ever expected.
0: Yeah. Hmm. And apparently the last 2 seconds of the movie is completely worth it. Wow. Yeah.
2: Sign me the fuck up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read
0: the
1: synopsis, Brian? Could you not wait and watch it?
0: (laughs) Uh, No, I just, I haven't, I don't know what the last two seconds are. I just, Kevin Smith said that the last two seconds you have to like that makes it like
1: completely worth it.
2: I appreciate The last that. 2 seconds
1: is one of the kaiju's Billquiss is the other kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> Are
2: you going to make that a thing, Sean, please don't.
1: <laughs> you made that a thing, Roxy. You, you
2: made it. I a created thing. a monster. I created a bilquist kaiju. Mm-hmm. Well, cuz I didn't I know what that was. I was podcast. like, "Haha, ha, that's funny." And then I
1: then I actually watched American Gods and was like, "Oh
2: my god." Oh my god. That season finale was beautiful, though. I haven't seen it yet. I oh, need to down. it. Yeah, no, I'm only Shame. 3 episodes in. Shame. 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 <laughs> um. Yeah, no. You know what? Anne Hathaway has been out of the spotlight for a half a minute. And I, I get it. I think I feel like she kind of felt like she was burning the public out with all of her exposure. And the movies she's doing now are kind of a reflection of that. She's doing a lot of indies. That's great. She hasn't done a mainstream movie in a long ass time. She's, like, focusing on her family, and she had, like, a baby. So I, I like where Anne Hathaway's career is kind of going now. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like she got really, really, really big and really, really kind of oversaturated. And uh, now I feel like she's kind of having quiet years because yeah. she's kind of earned it. So go Anne Hathaway. That sounds great. Shit. Wow. Yeah. You see, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
3: Anne Hathaway. <laughs> totally.
2: Shut up. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm saying the word of Brian. He's too busy researching Catwoman. I'm not
0: researching, I'm just pulling together my notes.
2: Are you looking at cleavage shots of you're Halle Spoiling. Berry and her You're burying, you're
0: burying, bury the lead, God damn it. bury the lead.
2: I was, I was going to try to
3: segue and be like, are there
2: other actresses
3: we've seen this happen with? No. Of... <laughs> nope.
2: Welcome to Nerds on Film, everybody. I'm Roxy Noberry.
3: I'm Gina Giovanetti.
1: I'm Sean Moriarty. And
3: I'm Brian
0: Moriarty. There's just I'm no Sean simple way Moriarty. to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so guys, we have <clears throat> talked about bad movies in the past. Oh. Movies we? that are not even guilty pleasures. We've like we, we had those. <laughs> We've... <laughs> yes. There is, we did guilty pleasures. We've done movies that make us so upset <laughs> that we had to... Uh, Take a break. Take a break. <laughs> these are I don't want to say they're quite as upsetting, and they could I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But there's still movies that just like really there's missing the mark and then shooting the opposite direction. And,
2: <laughs> and getting these, basically shot by the bullet that yeah. like backfired <laughs> and you're oh gone. Yeah. yeah. These movies
0: shot themselves in both feet <laughs> and potentially in the crotch uh, at the same time. So that's what we're talking about. Movies that really... like, We're not talking like The Room because no. that's a whole other level say, of you like said, epic failure. You said failure. Miss the
2: Mark. I say, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Room will get its own episode. We're not talking about movies that are badly produced. No. We're talking about movies that are... They put significant money and resources into making these films. They just did not deliver. Very much like Battlefield
1: Earth, like we talked about last time,
2: or, or our primo example, Catwoman with Halle Berry. Yeah, right. Which
1: cost a hundred million fucking dollars. And I want to know who embezzled all that money. I didn't spend that shit? So here is what I find fascinating about Catwoman. So
0: if Alice. you look very closely in that film,
2: how close? In
0: the when she goes to that, basically the cat psychic lady who tells her that she's from a long line of cat women if you look really freaking close you can see a picture of the michelle pfeiffer cat woman in her cat woman outfit so technically this cat woman is set in the same universe as the batman 89 films
3: well so like my my confusion with catwoman always was and i know in the last episode we talked about well where do you like toe the line in nostalgia do you or any any sort of you know thing something with a source material how close are you to the source material how far do you divert yeah, this one was not this close wasn't enough. this was this is a prime case where it's they wanted to make a catwoman movie marketed it as the catwoman from batman but then did something in the complete opposite direction and wanted to tell some like egyptian Folktale thing. Well, so first yeah. of
0: all, let's take let's pull it back for a second. Because this really starts with Batman Returns. Like you you honestly you have to because there are still elements that have found its way into this movie. I so, see what you're saying.
1: So as, as Batman, Has she ever, and besides those two movies, has she ever gotten her powers from being no. resurrected by cats? So that's no. that's that's the one I was wondering. I was like why would they pick the one thing that was probably so harshly criticized about <laughs> Batman Returns? That yeah. That's how she got her so, powers. Keep in mind that at the time,
0: it's been criticized by nerds and in retrospect, but at the time, Batman Returns was very successful, and they loved yep. people loved Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. So I still love her. The premise was Pfeiffer. in, I think, 1993, about a year after Batman Returns uh, hit, and as they were starting to ramp up for Batman Forever... Uh, Tim Burton at that point had already kind of exited the project, and they were looking at Joel Schumacher to take over that film. Mm -hmm. So they instead offered him and said, hey, would you guys be interested in doing a Catwoman spinoff movie? So the premise was going to be that Tim Burton directed Daniel Waters, who wrote the script for Batman uh, Returns. Wesley Strick did some rewrites on it, but nevertheless, it's still Daniel Waters' script, would write the script, and Michelle Pfeiffer would be attached to play. It was up to date. That script still exists. I haven't read it. Yeah, but that Batman might play, might have made a cameo in it, but it was definitely set. It was Selena Kyle. It was definitely set in Gotham City. Hmm.
1: And the huge problem they had with that movie is it was they were really planning on doing it, but they turned in the script for it. Like the, the, the exact day, day, day that, that Batman, Batman Forever, came, forever out. came out, which was way more campy and family friendly. And they were like, well this really campy family friendly thing just really worked. Do we really want to bring out this darker toned movie that goes with right. uh the opposite mm-hmm. of the yeah. direction Joel Schumacher took this series in. So in
0: typical mm-hmm. um Warner Bros fashion when they're working on a property like this, so like, "Well, okay, we're going to take a step back on it. We're going to rework it." I E, we're going to send it straight to development hell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh basically and at that point, I would say around 2000 or so, I mean, so we're now talking 8 years after Batman Returns was done, around 2000 it was confirmed at that point that Michelle Pfeiffer was out. She had already moved on to other ideas, as it was like in the late 90s, around circa 1997, there was still some talk that she would be interested in being in the movie, but she had become a mother at that point, she had other competing priorities, other films that wanted to go, she wanted to try out, and Burton, by that point, had even been offered fucking Superman Lives, so he was he was kind of just like cycling through <laughs> a bunch of different things, but what was interesting, I found, is that typical Burton loves to make callbacks to horror movies, His deal was either he got to do a Catwoman movie, or he got to do a remake of The Fall of the House of Usher, and he made neither of them, it turns out. (laughs) So, uh, also typical Warner Brothers fashion. So that happened, and then the script got rewritten um, by a chick named Kate Condell. She wrote the movie Valentine. And that is when things kind of... Go really, really off course because at that point it's not set in Gotham City. It's not Selena Kyle. It's a person they, they created for the sake of this movie called Patience Price, not to be mistaken for the pop star. Um, <laughs>
3: it, it and was just so far from any yeah, rendition of the Count only yeah,
0: the only binding factor was the reincarnation by cats basically, and that the, she Which has was the nine lives. Even, yeah, and then finally. When they had gotten that, there was a little more momentum and finally Ashley Judd had signed on to be Catwoman. And most Hmm. fans were like, oh, Ashley Judd, I totally buy her as Catwoman. Then like a year or two goes by and then she kind of bows out. And then finally they got Halle Berry to jump on and that's when things really start to pick up speed. The script goes through some other substantial rewrites. It becomes, she wasn't always working at a cosmetics company. (laughs) She was working somewhere else. Um, She becomes Patience Phillips as she becomes in the movie now. And... Can, how, uh, in very unusual tone Halle Berry was actually involved in the costume design process Uh-oh. for the Cat Woman costume. Really?
1: Because, yeah. you know, an Oscar-winning costumer built that, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's one of the worst costumes in superhero movie history. Well, because they wanted it, they claimed that they wanted it based
0: in reality, and then they wanted to really show this woman. What? <laughs>
2: what any part of that is based in reality. Well, all the
0: clothes, because <laughs> it's all, aside from the, the ridiculous cat mask, like, all of it is ra- regular clothes, basically.
2: It's like a
3: crop also, top and, they like, also hot did the pants, which, for you know, Battlefield
1: it-, Earth. it
3: want to be based in it, reality like you you look at what she's wearing it's it's tight pants it's a crop top it's what you know it's what you saw a lot of these early 2000s sexy women she it in
2: a juicy wearing for all I yeah care. exactly it, right.
3: it, it was a very like for the time it was a very like contemporary outfit but it was very much an outfit that like, You'd wear to the club or whatever. It doesn't. It didn't look like a superhero suit outside of the totally. fetish cat mask. Well, so yeah. and that
0: that really is deserves to be commented on because when they finally got the director Pitoff, to join it, who is a French kind of art house-y at this point. was yeah. kind of an art house kind director. of thing. Mm. Yeah, no he had... movies are made by... No good movies are made by directors that have one name, like exactly. Nick G. Exactly. <laughs> so, Pithoff joined it, and they asked him, so wh- how much research have you done? And he said, well, I read, I read a little bit of the comics just to understand how they treat Catwoman in the comic books. Oh. But I really didn't want to get too influenced by them because it's a film, and a film should be different. What? That, that, that's what he said. A film oh, should be different from the source no. material. I'm like, mm. oh, okay, so... Oh, you automatically just alienated your nerd base right there. Yeah. Um, To him, Catwoman was about the story of a a meek office worker's transformation into a warrior sex goddess.
2: Oh, God. That
0: was his... his, And if you think about the movie, in that case, mission accomplished. But it's not a Catwoman (laughs) movie at that point.
3: No. No. (laughs) I can Um, watch American Gods for that. Exactly. I can watch some good porn for that. Exactly. For real.
1: Yeah. So anyway... (laughs) <laughs> Catwoman, so, worst movie ever, most tame
0: porn on earth. <laughs> <laughs> so. Pretty much. So now that we understand the background of how this came to fruition, fruition maybe the wrong word. A uh, uh, miscarriage, I think, might be a better word for <laughs>
3: it. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, that's, uh, yeah, that's sorry. A no, much. I, I, I get it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A m- little too message much? received, too but much? yeah, okay.
2: a little too much.
0: Okay, all right. Miscarriage sorry <laughs> for those. Sorry, sorry, women. No. I've... <laughs> Sorry, women Women population. Women.
2: Um, oh, sorry, women's <laughs> is. <Sorry. laughs> this
0: um, movie was in the director's
1: belly. The director drank too much. And now the movie turned out this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't so know anyway, which metaphor is
2: worse? I know. Like, yeah. Are you saying this this movie has alcohol fetal syndrome? <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's
1: not a. Yeah. This movie is fetal alcohol syndrome. It is not a no. miscarriage.
2: Oh, oh God.
1: I was thinking like a total late term miscarriage, but no.
0: okay.
2: No God. Can Jesus. We stop talking God. about miscarriage. Sorry.
0: Sorry. Sorry. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry too. But Women's. I'm, I, oh. I apologize. <laughs> let's keep. The, you, let's oh. diverge.
0: Keep going. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So now we get to. <laughs> Probably the longest credit sequence of a superhero movie. Why in is
2: this? <laughs> okay. Why? Why? So, Can someone tell me why? So like I. <laughs> Inquiring minds. You know?
3: I tried to rewatch either just the movie or most of it on my lunch break today to prep for this and I was, I told, I told you guys like it. I probably would have got through more of it if the opening credit sequence wasn't so damn long and didn't look like a crazy cat lady with an anthropology degree compiled it. Like, it it was so long. And I'm wondering if by the time they put that opening credit sequence together, they were just like, well... We know most people are going to leave, like, three quarters of the way through. Make sure you put all the names in the front so they can't, oh, like... <laughs> make
2: sure you know who's responsible for this.
3: <laughs> just, just make sure you put all the names in the what? front so people who wanted to see their names can see them and then they can just get oh. the fuck out. I, you
0: know, I should have known when they they cast Sharon Stone as the villain. I'm like... Mm. <laughs> My all spidey senses uh, tell me something is r- not going to work with this I'll movie.
2: never forget the scene when she tried to, like... Break her face and her face would not break. Oh, oh yeah, God. because of the
0: special renew, whatever the hell it's called. Oh, Sharon <laughs> Stone Pain. is a Skin cream of steel Violin. is what skin we call Skin cream of steel. steel oh, yeah. um, oh, she so ham, the, oh, ham fistedly from Spotify, describes it at book. the end.
2: Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. You both talked at the same time. What? Sean?
1: She ham fistedly describes what it does at the end. She's like, if you stop using it, your face disintegrates. But if you use like way fucking too much of it, you become living marble and you can't feel a thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like... Also, I just like, that, that scene,
0: I'm sorry, like, I get that, like, she's supposed to be this powerful, like, feminine villain, but, like, have women worn jumpsuits since, like... As like a power
3: symbol since I don't know. Like the late seventies. Sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes yeah. they're kind of sexy. Like they're pretty sexy on Sharon Stone. Okay. Yeah. But uh, like I don't know. I
2: think I think Sharon Stone and Hillary Clinton alike. Yeah, and... I think I think I think it depends. Wait, just... Hillary Clinton wearing use... a jumpsuit. The jumpsuits
3: or are... no, no and jumpsuits jump suits not suits not are pants different.
0: Suits. She's wearing a fucking jumps, a strapless jumpsuit.
2: Oh shit! I don't remember that. Sorry. Yeah. No. Exactly.
3: Also, t- yeah. this is one of those movies that I'm just like I don't, I don't like to accuse things of like setting feminism back but like damn no Gina oh god this movie was terrible in that department department. can you really say it was
0: feminist I mean it was made by I mean yes I guess in the sense of the vein of warrior sex goddess maybe but yeah like
3: warrior sex goddess for the male gaze yeah (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah, you build
1: up this relationship between her and Benjamin Bratt great casting choice there by the way and then at the end she just sends everybody notes and his is like uh, yeah, I gotta do my own thing. My Catwoman thing.
3: She was delightful and independent at the beginning of yeah. the film. She did not need hot pants and a crop top to be powerful. Or is hot a pants... crazy
1: hairdo.
2: Yeah. I, crazy. Think you say, is hot... I thought hot pants was code for Benjamin. She didn't Jim say Brad. crazy. It
1: was actually a very <laughs> hot hairdo. but An amazing um, hairdo this... that she does herself with, like, the kitchen scissors.
3: <laughs> she just Mulans it. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> no, Benjamin Bratt was pretty good. I mean, for his whole Benjamin Brattiness, that was I mean, kind of he's, the prime of his oh, career, by the way. Congratulations! It's yeah, the same I mean, character he played in Miss
3: Congeniality.
2: Yeah, no, basically, he was basically himself, and it was fine because I, I mean, like when. Honestly, Bratt.
0: his best acting is when he plays Manny's father on uh, Modern The Modern, Modern Family. Oh my so god! Great so great.
2: He is, but he's, Benjamin Bratt is always going to be Benjamin Bratt. He's not a character actor. Oh, he's, no, yeah,
0: he's, he's going to be the sex symbol from Law and Order. He's going to exactly. be the sex cop. <laughs> totally, yeah, he's a totally. Cop. Oh, that not oh, yeah. and, and he then, fulfilled but,
2: his destiny. Well, I mean,
0: he does it extremely well. I mean, yes. come on.
2: If there's any strength in this movie, it's just the fact that Benjamin Bratt could do his thing, and right. there was no deviating from that norm. So there was a sense of, like, okay, something I could connect to, like, their relationship. You know, and if anything, they did have, you know, some semblance of some chemistry. Because Benjamin Brad is fucking hot. God, (laughs)
3: he's so he's so patronizing. But he's
2: sexy. I don't care. She's letting him be that way because of how her character is Can
3: we talk about all the
0: terrible cat stereotypes in this movie too? Drinking milk. Going to town on sushi. I mean, like <laughs> hissing really? at the dogs.
3: <laughs> yeah. I would. I honestly like
0: half so expected bad. her like to like be caught with like a mouse tail hanging out of her out of her mouth. Like seriously, <laughs> I wanted like... her
1: to cough up a fur ball at sushi. <laughs> when she exactly. was at sushi, I'd
3: be like, "This Whoa. movie is a giant coughed up fur ball." Let's be real.
1: There you go. Oh, no,
3: this
0: movie is a cinematic fur <laughs> ball. There's the metaphor. <laughs>
3: There's the metaphor.
0: There's You're the right. metaphor.
3: Jesus.
2: Well, there you have it. So, Catwoman. Yeah. Well, I'm hey, smart. so. Did you guys
1: despise? Okay, this is one of the worst parts of the movie. So, in 2003, one year before this movie comes out, we go and we see Daredevil, and there's the playground scene where they fight each other, where Daredevil and Electra fight each other. And you're like, this is like one of the worst things ever. This is a lesson to everybody. Don't do something stupid in a playground to try to develop a relationship. And then, one year later,
2: let's have a
1: basketball game. Where somehow Holly Berry becomes like a street baller from an and one basketball video from like the late 90s and can jump off walls and like slam dunk on people.
0: So can I tell you a story? I think we all knew this was going to be a smoldering dumpster fire from the moment we saw the first trailer for this film. cats! Yeah. So I want to share the story of the first time we all saw the trailer for this movie. Oh, great. We were all, we had bought tickets for the midnight showing of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban.
2: Nice. Oh, and on Catwoman, on oh.
0: Catwoman was attached oh, no. to this because it was coming out later that year. Mm-hmm. And the trailer ends, and there is silence.
2: No! <laughs> there is
0: silence. And one of our friends, a guy named Brady, two rows in front of us, says perfectly at full volume, I hope it's as good as the Hulk, (laughs) and and got a huge laugh. Oh, my God. Like, all the fans at the same time just knew,
1: okay, we all agree, this is a
0: piece of shit, right? We haven't even seen it yet. It's a piece of shit.
1: I've made peace with Hulk, though, because now I watch it as if it was, like, directed by both fucking... Christopher Nolan and uh, Darren Aronofsky at the same time. You're, it's you're it's talk- like Requiem for the Hulk slash the Hulk Leewon? Mento.
2: Yeah, it's Requiem for the... Say that again, Requiem for the Requi-
1: Hulk. <laughs> Requi- it's Requiem for Hulk Mento. Requiem
0: for Hulk Mento.
2: So true.
3: It fucks Requiem. your brain. Wasn't Liv Tyler right? in that it fucks or was, your was brain. that Jennifer Connelly?
0: No, uh, no, Liv no, Ty- uh, no, Liv Tyler was in the Edward Norton version. Yeah, Jennifer uh, yeah. Connelly Jennifer was Connelly, in the... Yeah.
3: Um, the Angley one she with Eric Bana, but
2: yeah. so basically the same. Person. Yeah,
1: and Sam Elliott was Thunderbolt Ross, and way better than fucking George William. One of the Hurt fellas, William Hurt. <laughs> one of
2: those hurt yeah, guys. William
1: Hurt
3: one of them
2: oh I should have talked about Hulk today then huh we can probably say I'm sure you'll have another
3: bad movie episode know, that comes right? up but that's that's the one yeah. where he just looks like a blob green play-doh the whole time and I think that's that's one of the first movies that I really saw them trying to accomplish that that comic book look look totally and I think and it, from the
0: multi-panel perspective good on them like it was actually kind of interesting but this it, yeah it just, it didn't make up for a lackluster yeah, story
3: yeah
1: yeah. No, the, well, the story was—I thought the story was pretty enthralling—and I just thought that the choice of villain, with it being his dad, and then the two fucking mute, like the Bebop and Rocksteady of the <laughs> Hulk universe in dog, giant dog form. Yep. Was Hulk really.
3: shit. Yes. Hulk dog. That's a thing. Mm, Hulk dog. Hulk, Hulk <laughs> dog millionaire.
2: <laughs> Hulk only pawn in Game of Life. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: God, you're right. It was attached to Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. <laughs> Damn.
2: Is it all coming back to you now, Gina? It is yeah. all
0: coming back to us now. We can barely recall, but it's all coming back. I
2: can now. barely recall, but it's, it's all, all coming back to you. <laughs>
1: But no, just fuck you, Celine Dion.
3: But no, just the count. It's just so, so bad.
0: Yeah. Um, guys, I mean, we we would normally say we would want to spare you from from seeing this kind of movie, but at the same time, I think you kind of need to see it for yourself because it just it's a it good gets guilty pleasure. It gets ridiculous upon ridiculous upon ridiculous, and. The movie is not without some good elements. Alex Borstein. Oh, yeah. An, an underused character. But her
1: she made something with her part. She made it interesting.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, but take Dramamine, because all the action scenes are cut so poorly and the camera moves <laughs> so awkwardly that you feel like you're going to fucking puke. If they mm-hmm. showed this in IMAX, they would probably have to give everybody barf bags like an airplane. They'd actually <laughs> they'd actually
3: planned to do it in IMAX. And they'd actually <laughs> planned to show it in IMAX. I was reading this, but they they felt like they couldn't necessarily get the effects like up to snuff for IMAX. And so they ended up pulling it from, from IMAX and they had the, the worst tagline with it where the poster was supposed to say, catch her in IMAX, except the C-A-T in catch was all caps. Oh my God. <laughs> no. It's all I bad. Felt, I marketed, I it's all marketed, bad. I just reiterate D- how poorly right. Warner
0: Brothers' priorities were at this point. Yes. If you think about this, when this movie was released, we are a year away from Batman Begins. So this movie was shot in 03 while they were basically... So clearly Warner Brothers, number one, didn't quite understand like reboots and universes at that point because obviously you have... You're about to reboot Batman with a whole new origin story and a year before that, you're releasing a Catwoman movie that's got the Catwoman from 12 years before mm-hmm. in the movie as a reference point. Like... It's just so interesting to see how far we've come now. I in that time period.
3: I forget too when when in relation to Catwoman had was Electra out.
0: Electra was I think two thousand five, two thousand
3: six, okay. two thousand six. So yeah. so it came out before or after Catwoman? After Catwoman. after. Yeah. I feel like also. They they just didn't quite know what to do. They're just like, okay, well, people like this male superhero that we've put out and done, like, a fair job with. Let's focus on this, like, female version, but then those would just flop really poorly. So you had Catwoman, you had Electra, and you just had this I very... Fucking...
1: Electra could have learned something. From Catwoman, I would have thought it would be cooler to show Electra being resurrected by a bunch of sentient electric shavers that all just like crawl <laughs> <fall> onto her. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Uh, What's her the, name? The, it has to be with her name. At oh, least no, that that's one. True, it
2: was 2005. Okay,
1: oh, so came it was a out. year after.
3: Still,
0: okay, so at least that one had intended to connect it to Daredevil because there was a shot where she has this vision of talking mm-hmm. to Matt Murdock. Yeah. And it's Ben Affleck. He, they shot it with Ben Affleck. He's totally there as Matt Murdock. Yeah. He's in the movie for like two seconds. But then they cut the scene out. Yeah. So.
2: I remember actually really liking Electra at the time. Hmm. I thought it was really fun. We
0: always like things in their context when we yeah. first see it. But like looking back.
2: I liked it more than I liked Catwoman. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Mm, that's fair.
0: I remember watching Catwoman on TV. I never I never went and saw it in theaters. And no. I'm glad I didn't. But I remember watching not, it on not TV. like
1: HBO or anything. You watched it on FX because they've got the movies. So here's the thing. <laughs> the so here's the thing. FX, FX, so here's the thing. The I had seen it on
0: like HBO, from beginning to end. I'm
1: like, okay, eh. You just you just negated improv rules. You didn't. Yes, and hang but on. You said I said no HBO. Hold on. You
0: said HBO. Hold on. <laughs> so I did that, and that was like probably 2005, 2006. I'm like, eh, not great. But I thought maybe it was a little over. People Could you maybe be people more might, ambivalent. Brian? People might have been a little bit like going crazy. That fast forward ten years later, Dave and I, you know, when, when because of course Dave is my former roommate. Dave, you say
2: partner. Dave, Dave and Dave and I <laughs>
0: were bored one night, and he throws on Catwoman because it was on, I think, Netflix at the time. He would. And we we're just like. Oh, my God. Like, we were just in awe. I just said, like, oh, my God. Did he turn to
2: you? Was he like, hey, Brian, do you want to feel pain tonight? No, he had never seen it. Oh. He had never seen
0: it. Oh, no. And he threw it on, and he was just like, turn it off, turn it off. (laughs) No, at that point, I mean, him trying to learn to, like, I think you learn a lot about writing when you learn just how bad some movies Mm -hmm. just missed the mark right i did
2: not hit her i did not
0: speaking of of that i really want to see the disaster oh my
2: god i can't wait for the
1: disaster
0: artist it's gonna be so good what is lying what is lying i love it What the story anyway how is your sex life i did not hit her oh hi mark (laughs) what
2: is lying i cannot hear you um, I need to
3: actually see The Room. Oh, oh. Get you on haven't seen it! it. Oh, I, haven't, I told you guys, I haven't seen The Room. Don't oh my you. god.
0: Okay, so here's the thing.
2: Girls' Night will make it happen.
0: You have to see it at least twice. First time you need to see it, you have to
1: watch it.
2: <laughs> Sober.
0: Sober. And watch it as alone. is. It's gonna be and hard. watch it alone. Don't, it. don't
1: go see it in a theater with one of those showings. Watch first. it with no, your boyfriend.
0: Watch it with your boyfriend.
3: Even he doesn't want to see it. Like, okay. I think
0: he saw this. it. Then, <laughs> then, <laughs> then. Then go to a midnight showing. Yeah. and experience an entirely new version of the movie because the the commentary and. people give is amazing. Tommy
3: Wiseau might even show up. So like I'm just not big on the fact that like I love Rocky Horror Picture Show I'm into that level of camp I like that and people lock on to the like oh you like this movie that a theater does at a midnight show well then you'll obviously like this movie that all that they also do at midnight and I'm like they have nothing to fucking do with one another. Like but Rocky no, no, Horror
2: uh, is beloved. I know I understand I understand your argument. Damn. I'm not making that argument what I'm
0: saying is that I'm asking you to see the movie twice under both circumstances and at that point if you never see it again great (laughs) I've seen the movie three or four times at this point it's
3: probably something I'll see at some point it's just I don't have like the burning desire to like go see the room and like in the way that people have talked about it it's like oh you gotta see the room you gotta see the room like it's the most fucking hilarious magnum opus ever I'm just like you need to chill out I've said Mm. it before
0: But I'll say it again. It makes Showtime porn look like Gone with the Wind. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put it that way, okay? Like,
2: it's... The R&B on that one is pretty... No, and it's like,
3: I'll probably see it eventually. I've just never had any reason to, and I've never had any, like, big desire to. Forget
2: what Brian said. Just get really drunk and watch it. I mean, yeah, I can do both. Yeah. Yeah. Go both ways. Sorry for that room <laughs> interlude, everybody. Back so let's to, uh, transition away from this dumpster really fire and go about...
0: into um,
2: uh, a
0: steaming pile of dog shit. Let's talk about A Jesus.
1: biblical steaming pile of a dog shit, literally. A dumpster in hell. Actually,
0: we'll, we'll flip that that, that D&G and turn it into a, a steaming pile of God shit. Oh,
3: there God. Go. Here we go. biblical shit. Oh, Gina, God. what are
2: we talking about today? We
3: are talking about movies in the vein of of Christian propaganda. What?
0: Which catwoman does not fit in? No. <laughs> no, no, we're transitioning you know, now. We're transitioning is, yeah. to mm-hmm. a different different chapter of the same episode.
3: Yes, yes. Cuz I will say my my opinion of I know on the the Harry Potter episode where Brian had or the when Brian re submitted it and he had some new feedback at the end we did have a listener mention that you know you hadn't necessarily heard what my take on a bad movie is um or you know maybe rehashing a bad movie episode um i think like there are some movies out there that i joke you know i'm never gonna get that time of my life back the worst movie i have ever seen that was just uh, I I don't know what was definitely in that vein of Christian propaganda. And we'll get to that later. Cause I know Sean has one. He wants to bring up first.
1: If you got to talk about Christian propaganda, you, you, you got to talk about fucking Kirk Cameron oh. and left behind oh, uh, folks.
0: If you need a recache about Saving Christmas, uh, or i.e. Saving siswismus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> listen to our bad For Christmas the, movie. episode. They talked episode. about
1: cocoa way too fucking much in that movie. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen
0: to our bad Christmas movie episode um, around mid-November, and you'll appreciate it. Um, but yes, yeah, so just saying that we, we already have established that Kurt Cameron really loves Jesus and apparently really loves hot cocoa too. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, and he also really loves the super, like, Fundamentalist dispensationalism yeah. interpretation of the Bible that yeah, they uh, that they rely on very heavily in the so left behind funny. books that ended up becoming these movies. The books actually did pretty well.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: he loves yeah, the there's gays. There's like he wants to help seventy them. of them. I like the
0: gays. <laughs> yeah, he wants to help them see the error of their ways. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that
2: rhymes.
3: Yeah. So so that'll be his next
1: movie: the error of their gaze,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's.
1: G-A-Y-Z-E. I
0: don't know why, because I guess they're looking at something. Uh,
1: so, Brian, can you give us, a, can you shine a little light on what dispensationalism is, since you seem to be the uh, the, the religion expert, especially when it comes to, like, Catholicism and Christianity?
0: <laughs> well, so, essentially, what, well, I mean, I can tell you what a dispensation is in terms of Catholicism. So, that might color, a sense, what dispensationalism transi- translates to, but a dispensation... Is essentially when a bishop or a pope basically says, "Now you're good," Um, and basically (laughs) says you can ignore a normal protocol or procedure that is involved with canon law.
3: It's usually Um, just used for. That's not at all what
0: it is in this sense, Brian. No, no, no. (laughs) but I mean, if it's in the same spiritual (laughs) context, I'm assuming it means basically kind of just like an idea of forgetting. I was
1: gonna let you. I was gonna try to let you shine here, but I I can kind of give it to you guys in a nutshell. Then, if Brian doesn't. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of threw me off guard the here. way that, that's
0: that's that's Protestantism, man. That's not my strong suit. It <laughs> is.
1: It's the, it's the interpretation that that God has set forth these like ages of of man and humanity, and dictates um, different um, different ages and different times, and how He will reveal Himself, specifically relying heavily on the books of Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and of course. The always irreverent book of Revelation, hmm. mm-hmm. which was obviously written on an acid trip. If you... <laughs> <laughs> if you have the means and that if you stay in a motel and the Gideons have anything to do with it, you do have the means. I suggest you pick one up. Mm -hmm. so the way this book or this book slash movie works the very first one with Kirk Cameron I just watched today and holy shit it's for free on YouTube it's in 4x3 aspect ratio but that's okay I I don't want the extra I mean it was made like in
0: the year 2000 that's the other thing you have to remember too it was
1: yeah it was made in the year 2000 it looks like a TV movie Uh, I think it I'm not sure if it was a TV movie or not Um, but so the rapture happens, right? People just all disappear and people are losing their shit and crying. And everybody's like, my children are gone. Like all the children went and I'm like, come on, there's gotta be at least one asshole child who didn't get raptured. Mm. It's gotta be the one kid who like, you know, kills frogs and burns ants with a magnifying glass. that (laughs) didn't get to go up to heaven. I'm
0: sorry. I just thought of a a total, I'm going to tangent this for a second. If it was a South park episode version of this, where the rapture (laughs) happens, all the people go to get teleported away and it's a room full of dinosaurs, and it said, "Oh no, 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 no! You miss hers. This is where everyone gets raptured."
2: No!
3: <laughs> 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 oh no! This is my worst nightmare, Brian. Oh, you
2: triggering Gina.
3: Oh, that was. Oh, we don't have we don't have that audio anymore because that was in the other yeah, episode. It's true.
1: Yeah. Um, and
3: so yeah, so movie made in 2000,
1: and it was marketed and promoted as such. The most ambitious, what was it? The biggest, hold on. The biggest and most ambitious Christian film ever. And I'm like, well, you're fucking not setting the bar very high. I mean, because uh, the special effects looked like Birdemic fucking quality. Um, I mean, to be totally honest here,
0: from a purely purely objective standpoint, Biblical films made by Hollywood aside, this is like the birth of the independent oh, Christian yeah. film movement. That's true. Basically. Fuck. Yeah. yeah so, but true.
1: still, if you if Christianity still involves the Old Testament, and by that mean, fucking the Ten Commandments and Ben-Hur were far more huge and ambitious projects. Mm-hmm. True, but those were still studio films. I'm saying this is the independent This is the filmmaking. biggest and most shit. ambitious project that... Kirk Cameron could get the money for. Exactly. <laughs> From his exactly. Fucking growing pain syndication money went into this shit. Absolutely. No, no, you're absolutely right.
0: They were mismarketing it. Totally. And so. he put
1: himself in the movie, and he is he does not have the he he is a precursor to Kristen Stewart and his ability to emote throughout this <laughs> entire movie. <laughs> like he just always has this blank look on his face, and he's like, it's all it's kind of like a mix of I want to say Topher Grace, but like Topher Grace, if he was Mark Wahlberg in that scene in The Happening all the time. Oh God! What? No. Oh no. That
3: was I his like performance. Topher Grace.
1: <laughs> I get what you're. I get what you're trying to say. And by the way, this fucking movie. So they made three of them. <laughs> there was uh, Left Behind. Left behind tribulation force because that the, the Earth gets split up into the tribulation force, who are the newer converts who uh, you know want to go to heaven later, and then of course the the Antichrist rises up, and the Antichrist's name is Nikolai Carpathia, mm. <laughs> and he's Russian as fuck. Oh, okay, <laughs> he is, and this but this so they made those movies an right, and name. they also made a fucking series of PC games, a series. <laughs> real-time strategy games where you oh play and God. then they evolved the games once they bought uh they they bought a, an engine from a different game and tried to, but the these games have been criticized for sexism, bigotry. One was actually criticized by the Christian community because there was one where you could play on the side of the antichrist. <laughs> Oh my As god, that's amazing! Holy but shit. there's like I've heard that there's parts of this game where like you you meet up with somebody <laughs> who in like the dystopian wasteland and you have the choice to kill or convert. You can kill <laughs> them or can convert them to Christianity. And when you kill them, you hear part piece members
3: of your team going, "Praise God, he's dead." <laughs> shit like that. This is uh, so. This doesn't. This sounds like. There's a few episodes of The Simpsons where, like, Bart is hanging out at the Flanderses, and he's playing these games with Rod and Todd, and that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a parody of itself. It it
0: does. It sounds great. I mean, come on. Kill or convert. I mean, that's pretty much like you're stealing from the Crusades' playbook at that point, guys. (laughs) Or the Conquistador's playbook at that point. You know, Um because nothing went wrong there, ever.
2: <laughs> nothing. Our relationship yeah, with so the PC games.
0: fine. They're
2: great. Everything hold hold is perfect. Move along. Yeah. The Kirk Cameron biography.
1: If you want to get a hold of these PC games, two thousand six is Left Behind <laughs> Eternal Forces was the first one. Oh, my God. Then there was the sequels that were called, uh, the second one was called Tribulation Forces, and the third one was called Rise of the Antichrist. <laughs> that one sounds fun. And then... Uh, the third That's one was called World at War, which was also the name of the third uh, movie in the series. Yeah. And then, for some reason, in 2014, Nicolas Cage was brought on to do the same fucking movie, except there's it's all on the plane. In the, in the 2001 with Kirk Cameron, there's a no. section where the rapture happens while he's on a plane, and him and the pilot are two of the biggest characters in the movie and the books. But, like, the whole fucking movie with Nicolas Cage, apparently, takes place on the plane. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did they just not have a budget? Like, were they like, hey, guys, you know we haven't used the, in a long time is the Passenger 57 set. It's collecting dust. Let's just do the whole movie inside a 757. <laughs> no, no, what it was 47. was
0: this. It was, we need to get a, a movie star name on this to sell this version of the movie. Who can we afford? Nicolas Cage is broke. We'll take him. <laughs> and that's what, how it happened, When's basically.
2: we his mortgage
0: exactly yeah he i mean he did that whole slew of he would take anything that would go his way this is also when he made season of the witch which we won't talk
1: about yeah it's true they (laughs) should have. but he was on the plane so much i was like they should have just marketed this as like con air to put the rapture back in the box (laughs) put the rapture back in the box
2: (laughs) the rapture yeah put the so good okay in the box so who's next
1: I mean, do, you, do you have anything? I think this is the point where we're Gina like that left behind and the swirl around it is what launched this independent We're gonna make movies for us Christian propaganda revolution.
3: Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take you guys back a couple years ago. We're uh, going,
2: going. Back, I back to- I was
3: very, very actively involved in my church's youth ministry program, which I loved. It's a wonderful, wonderful program, and I love those kids so, so much. They're fantastic. Um, in recent years, I've kind of backed off a little bit, but one of The last ones I remember was several of the kids go to a lot of the local Catholic schools and they had done a showing of this particular film at the schools. And so one of the girls requested that, you know, for one of the nights we didn't necessarily have an idea for, we watched this film. So this is how Gina ended up watching God's Not Dead.
2: On purpose?
3: I was very actively involved, but like <laughs> within two minutes of this movie starting, oh, no. I was texting my youth minister just like, what the f- Fuck is this hot garbage fire? <laughs> <laughs> like, there are movies that you can watch that are bad, like Catwoman or The Room or even, you know, The Hobbit or whatever, that you can think of where it's just like, well, I'm glad I watched it and I have an opinion on it. I'm not glad that I watched God's Not Dead, you guys. And so many, like, right wing, were just like, oh, it's so good because our good Christian children are being persecuted in their schools. And God, it's Remember that one
2: time when Superman and Hercules were in a movie together? Yeah.
3: So this movie is basically like (laughs) this movie is basically like Love Actually, but with Jesus. It's like Jesus loves you, actually. Um, And it's (laughs) and Dean Kane and Kevin Sorbo. It's Jesus. Jesus
1: at the end with cue cards, dropping them, giving a message to the children of America. (laughs) To me,
3: you are perfect, except the atheists. (laughs) Double like. That's basically that's basically what the message of this film. is is like it starts off you have Kevin Sorbo and Dean Cain fucking Hercules and Superman somehow in this suck fest so and before we recorded Sean Sean mentioned he would, I want to see a Hercules
1: yeah. Superman fuck fest yeah so so would no. I but
3: I was stuck watching God's Not Dead instead um basically the 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 plot is that it's a you know evangelist uh, you know kid a religious kid he and his girlfriend are in college and he goes into a philosophy class and the philosophy teacher pulls this whole, you know, God is dead kind of thing. And in order to pass the class at the end of the semester, all of the kids are going to have to sign a thing that says God is dead, which first of all, like you can't do that. There's no philosophy teacher out there that's actually going to persecute you for your beliefs. They're going to go over different philosophical things and even the asshole philosophy professor i had in college like he was a dick because he was a dick not because you were religious but like and then it basic and then so this kid is just like oh no like i i don't want to do that and it's like okay whatever stand up for your beliefs and he basically like debates his philosophy professor over this and you kind of see what goes on around him like there's um so it's it's kevin sorbo and there as you know the philosophy teacher but basically everything's connected so you meet a character who is also a you know kind of religious woman but she's dating atheist Dean Kane, who's like a crooked businessman who's like cheating on her uh. and so like her brother and her boyfriend are atheists and you know that sort of thing and then you know she has a plot line where she gets diagnosed with cancer and Dean Kane breaks up with her and then he's like an asshole or whatever the the main kid his girl his also Christian girlfriend doesn't like that he's standing up to the professor and breaks up with him so it's just like everybody but this perfect little jesus kid is you know a villain yes brian question
0: are we 100 percent sure and dean kane had not come into contact with red kryptonite <laughs> <laughs> shut
2: the fuck up Brian. God sean
0: God. totally missed that joke he wasn't even paying attention
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I you caught me i <laughs> forgot good. about stuff
0: I, my joke was Are we 100% sure Dean Kane had not come into contact with Red Kryptonite? Because he was talking about how he's being kind of an <laughs> asshole. So, Jesus.
3: <laughs> but, like, it's. It's <laughs> one of those things where it's all of these stories that are, like, so loosely connected. And, like, the kicker is, I'm not even, like, spoilers, I guess, if you're gonna go sit through this crap thing. Why, Gina?
2: Like, Why would you do I, that to me?
3: But, like, at, so at the very end, it's, you know, the the clincher is that ultimately the kid confronts the philosophy professor with why do you hate God so much and then... Um, you know he says you know well I hate God because you know when I I was Christian when I was a kid and my mom died and blah 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 sob story sob story sob story and then the kid comes back with like oh well how can you hate something that doesn't exist (laughs) and then basically at the end it's like everybody who was seen as like pure and good and everything everybody who would have been saved in the rapture goes to a, a Christian concert and so it's like this kid the sister that I told you about that was like kevin sorbo's sister and dean kane's girlfriend um uh you also periodically see a muslim girl throughout the film who decides to convert to christianity at Why? the like Why? you know anger of her father or whatever and oh it's all God. it's all complete utter propaganda bullshit the clincher though is that your happy ending is that on the way to like go do something Kevin Sorbo's Kevin Sorbo's character Oh you know what I think it's Dean Cain's character Like gets it Hits Kevin Sorbo's car And Kevin Sorbo's character Ends up dying Oh my god And the whole thing is like Your happy ending Is supposed to be that like As he's dying He gets a text that says like God's not dead And then as he's dying A minister comes And gives him like The last rites And he technically like Becomes a Christian again Right before dying And I'm Watching this, just like, what kind of fucking bullshit is this? Like, I don't think I have ever, ever been so angry after watching something. Not even the third Hobbit movie, not even Catwoman, like, not even, like, I have never been so angry. And I think part of it is because I'm like a little liberal Catholic heathen, but I'm just like, I just hate it that, like, no, my impressionable youth ministry kids are watching this. They're uh, no, they need, they
2: need a palate cleanser.
3: I know. I'm just like, I'm just like, God. Can we just watch Dogma after this, please? But <laughs> yes! that is so. If anybody I like you. Gina. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I can. Uh, so, if anybody the out there who has followed has followed this now this far, my opinion of like the worst movie, you know, not. You know, th- there are things like The Room. There are things like Freddie Got Fingered. There are things that are out there. But God's Not Dead is the worst waste of time and mental capacity I have ever, ever seen.
1: Wow. Like, and it's also dangerous the way that you're saying that it, it, the, the ideas that it's, it's putting into, like you said, impressionable young so, people that are watching this, this and their youth ministry drinking. groups are yeah. at camp
2: it's so
3: dangerous and I I could not stand it and it's it's at the point where like it was totally pandering to a particular audience because there's cameos of you know family members from like the duck dynasty family and this was before they were you know off the air and everything this was at like the height of you know everyone and their cousin fucking watch these rednecks but (laughs) you know I you guys are really angry (laughs)
1: <laughs> it was the real it was the real Beverly Hillbillies, except instead of oil, it was a fucking duck collar. It and was, it's like, what would happen if they all got money?
3: Well, no, and that's yeah, it. And it's just, it's just, you know, there was, you know, Christian music and like Duck Dynasty and just everything that just pandered. And even, you know, different Christian groups thought it was just a complete mess, too. And interestingly enough, it seems to have merited a sequel mm-hmm. called God's Not Dead 2. He doth say. Boogaloo! <laughs> God, I wish that's what it was. That but is, like That's
2: not the subtitle? I personally no. like God's Not Dead 2 Zombie Jesus.
3: Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's just called God's Not Dead 2. And like I read about it. This one has that one had a plot line that I feel like had a little bit more merit where, you know, there was um Like there was a, it was supposed to be like a teacher where, you know, one of the, one of her students was going through something miserable and they asked the teacher like, hey, where do you find your optimism? And the teacher said, well, you know, I go to church. And so they kind of, you know, started a discussion about it. But then while they were in class, the student asked the teacher if, you know, X, event was similar to like ex-biblical story and the teacher responded to her and then some kid got pissed off that you know religion was being mentioned in school and like I feel and you know they went and they fought it in court or whatever and like for me that's a little bit more feasible it's still complete like pandering and propaganda because really like how often do you see that except like when except when it's misunderstood, like when I was a junior in high school, we were supposed to read, um, among other things, East East. East of Eden and two books of the Bible the books of Genesis and the book of Luke yeah and first day of class you know you had all the little like proto hipsters that came in and they were just like um we didn't read the Bible because this is a public school and you're not supposed to be teaching the Bible and it's just like look jackass you can teach the Bible in a public school as long as you're teaching it as literature and not you know the truth and you know total and complete word of God and you're gonna die if you don't believe it plus you don't pick up on the religious allegory in east of eden if you don't read that first stupid so (laughs) like that's True that. Yeah. So yeah, but like yeah. I. Well said, Gina. Yeah. So sc- excuse me for ranting about no it's about okay. this, but well, I mean, I
0: so here's the
3: thing. <laughs> it's I, the I, I worst.
0: To, I I need to throw my commentary on this because I haven't seen either film, but <laughs> don't. <laughs> but I have an opinion. Damn it. Um,
3: it's okay. You can well, bond. I mean, you can so... bond with me as a fellow
0: Catholic. Right. I mean, so look, we're, we're both look. We're both believers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Believers?
2: Both... You love Justin? Uh, I love Justin? How
0: dare you? <laughs> How. Fucking dare you. I
2: have to bring the Canadian into this room. Come oh, on, man. God. What
0: do you mean? Um, okay. Is so, it too
2: late now to say sorry, motherfucker? <laughs>
0: Continue. I need some Despacito from you,
1: <laughs> Did you. Oh my god, that audio of him like just miffing it in the fucking live version. He just says so, burrito and okay. shit. Okay,
0: all these puns. Oh. The puns. Oh my god, the puns. Puns on
2: puns on Half puns. Half of our, puns our audience
0: puns. is groaning right now. Uh-huh. So, okay, no, seriously. So, I It angers me on a fundamental level as a believer in God, not even just as a Christian, but as Mm. a believer in God, because this is the type of marketing that the uh, born-again, quote-unquote, the born-again Christian churches use Mm -hmm. as a means of convincing people who are agnostic, people who are unhappy with their lives, and find God as the source of their... Of their joy.
1: Are you saying all agnostic people are unhappy with their lives, Brian? No, 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 no. no. But I, I've heard,
0: okay, so. Should I start look,
2: something, Sean? Stop just I've saying, read, watch
0: you talk track, bro. Okay. Look, I've read like the conversion comic strips that they try to send, like the oh, reviews and like, like the pamphlet uh, they give you. <laughs> the and the it's, it's in the same vein as that. Like, you see examples of people who are unhappy in their lives and they're saying, well, you're unhappy in your life because of sin. And therefore, you need to say the sinner's prayer accept Jesus as your personal savior. And then that your life will be all honky dory. Here's the thing with that. No, um, it, no, <laughs> no, it's, Just I mean, no. I mean, and maybe this is the uber Catholic in me, but like <laughs> suffering is part of life. No, yeah. it's the
2: lift Catholic. Like that
0: is, Oh, that is definitely the, the Catholic I'm like, part. <laughs> but like, but I mean, Ooh. you can be a good person. You can be a believer in a higher power and you're still going to have, Tough days. You're still going to have tough times, you know? Oh, yeah. You're and, not
2: exempt from suffering if you're a Christian. Exactly.
0: And you're you're, you're not a suffering person because of your sin. I mean, mm-hmm. you're a suffering person because maybe, you know, maybe in a more, like, modern, like, not as guilt-ridden context of we're human and we're flawed. Like, we're not going to be happy all the time for that reason. But, like, the idea I that I think you... of... Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. The idea that you have to subscribe to a specific type of religion mm-hmm. to be able to find happiness in your life i think is the
2: ultimate cop-out
0: i think it's a cop-out and i also think it's a misunderstanding mm-hmm. of things because you know i mean we're living in an age where the pope even said that atheists can go to heaven under yeah. the right circumstances it, you should join because you feel a spiritual connection to something yeah. And mm-hmm. you need that, you feel that connection to it. And that makes you feel more complete. But that's not to be confused with happiness. Yeah. You know, happiness is a temporal emotion that you feel because something is going well.
2: And it's as equal to anger, sadness, frustration, exactly. guilt, shame. Yeah. All you, you,
0: of you can't mix up happiness with fulfillment. Those yeah. are two. And a lot of times they do get conflated with one another. And sure. I think, and it's important that we don't conflate them with one another. And that's why this movie is fundamentally flawed because it's using that fallacy of mixing emotion with other issues here. Well, I
2: mean, the serotonin part of our brain is also linked to addiction. Right, So exactly. it's all kind yeah. of coming back mm-hmm. to the same source. And in
0: fact, if you were to do, I mean, if you were to be a lit major and going through all the, the, the number of fallacies this movie makes, I mean, these movies basically, the biggest one they do is they appeal to emotion. Mm-hmm. And they don't appeal, no. and they appeal to fear more specifically. Fear of damnation, fear of not mm-hmm. being able to find <sighs> happiness, all those things.
2: Yeah. And that's what Pissed you off, I think. I think that's also part of the trauma
3: factor. Yeah, no, and factor. it 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 just pissed me off because it's also it's also just kind of like I I didn't like that you know this stupid little like perfect white boy was just ev- oh everyone around him was just just so just so mean to him. Ugh. Like uh, I just I couldn't Find me a
2: fucking reason. I couldn't
3: cuz it's just like you you wanted to start shit. You willingly signed up for a, a philosophy class just so you could tell a teacher you were wrong. Oh, your girlfriend's the bad guy now. Oh, everybody else is the bad guy now. Go home. Yeah, like go home.
2: there's no accountability whatsoever.
3: Go back to your fundy homeschooling. <laughs> like can you please? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like how our episode oh. has like turned into this like religious debate. Well, but here's the thing, not like, debate, like, like, it's not, we're, we're not,
0: neither Gina nor myself are anti, we're not anti-religion at all. No. We're, I think what you we're, are what we are is we're pro reason.
3: Yeah.
0: And even if you want to go old school Catholic, if you want to talk about like St. Augustine, yeah. Augustine <laughs> talked about reason is what you need to be able to get to the point where you can take that leap of faith. Reason will only get you yeah. so far. That's when you need to take leap of faith. But you need yes. reason to get different. there. Yeah, like Saints It's different right
1: strokes for different folks. Like yeah. Brian said, it's whatever you have a spiritual connection with. I personally have a spiritual connection with Team Edward, and my Bible's <laughs> written by Stephanie Meyer. You know,
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, and the other Latter Day Saints. Stop so. it. I mean, I'm all. I mean, I'm also.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, magic underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bri- Brian, you know, Brian and I are also very lucky in that. The, the Diocese of San Jose is a slightly more liberal-ish diocese. I say ish because it kind of depends on the parish you go to and which priest is presiding. As long
2: as it's not <clears throat> in fucking Boston.
3: Yeah, but, um, but, like... <sighs> But pretty, but pretty much the keepers, pretty much, you know, it is it is also that we are we have the privilege of also having grown up, you know, in a Catholic church, but also in the liberal in like this kind of liberal bubble that is the Bay Area as well. Um, And so, you know, we've we've also been a part of families that are very open to kind of exploring other thoughts and things, too, because, you know, I know I know plenty of Catholics out there that are also, you know, close minded dickheads. So I mean, yeah. and I'm not. I'm not saying like you know, me being Catholic makes me a good person. Some for no, me. No, to... there are
0: Catholics on both sides yeah, of the aisle. Exactly. Like I'm not.
3: I'm not we, saying like we're logically. perfect. Muslims, yeah. There not. Yes. Not. Not trying to say that like Brian all... and I are are perfect because no, we're Catholic no, no. or anything. But either. what I will say mm-hmm. is
0: that I think this area. Maybe this is just my observation. I have no data to support this, but there's been a lot of influx of Jesuit. Either former Jesuit priests or Jesuit influence. Well,
3: it, it helps that we have several Catholic schools in the area, um, several Catholic high schools, as well as a Catholic college that as are well, all run by the Jesuits. That are all that are all very. I don't primarily know what any of this Jesu- means. But okay, I
2: definitely can respect it. Okay, so like Jesuits. So there's no, like. Gina, yeah. I think we should kind of. <laughs> sorry. Keep going, actually. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> this is deviating <laughs> into an yeah. area sorry. that I think is is fun, <laughs> but at the same time. It 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 lends to your argument that this movie I think does a disservice to yeah. your faith as a whole. And I really Had had to come that. back
3: from the anger. It's I apologize.
0: a very <laughs> yeah. To, to summarize what I'm trying to say, and the reason why I even brought that order is that it represents a very one sided argument,
2: mm-hmm.
0: a one sided perspective. And the only reason I even brought the Jesuits is because they are an order that is devoted to being open minded. Okay, and, mm-hmm. devoid, or, and being devoted to curiosity. Yeah. So. Um, and you know that's where it comes from and rightfully so i mean that even being said i mean the production value in these movies isn't even isn't even the best either it's It's
2: the fucking worst these are the fucking worst movies ever and i really wish they didn't fucking exist but it's a free fucking country Mm -hmm. and hollywood is not exempt from that ideology
0: these aren't even hollywood films like they're getting marketed but they're but they're being made by independent yeah, really, really rich Christians, but really, really rich Christians who <laughs> are really, 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 really financing these movies. Yeah.
2: I mean, on the other flip side of that, you have really, really rich Jews funding the MCU. <laughs> like, you've got... I mean, you were talking about a battle of the religions. Oh, man.
0: You bring us Jesus. We bring you Captain America. <laughs> All right! <laughs>
2: well said, everyone. How will uh, we okay. go ahead and wrap this shit show up? <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So guys and sorry for that horrible stereotypical Jew- jewish person impression i just did there. What so, are you
2: even talking about? That's like my thing, man. <laughs> you did it for me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's not always cool just throwing it out there. Are you kidding um, me? It's my I uh, no, I'm being legit right now.
2: It's my like my my call to to Christ. We <laughs> are
0: sure to get feedback about this episode. <laughs> I
2: want to be a nice jewish yep. boy one day. So, that's all I'm saying.
1: Um, I would I'm, love I am amazed at how quiet I stayed knowing my views on religion.
3: Yeah, I was very impressed. <laughs> Sean,
2: you have tempered yourself well tonight, well, sir. Yeah, yes. I mean you've
1: mellowed
0: out a little bit. Like you have your opinions, but you're also like you you're not as hateful as it used to be. You know what like,
2: though? We are not nerds on religion. We are nerds on film Indeed. And we're here to stay.
0: It's NOF, not Nor. <laughs>
1: so um What? The acronym.
0: NOF. Oh my
2: no Today it was uh, Nor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what you do today,
1: Brain? Nerds on Religious Films is what this was. First, we started North. talking about weird Egyptian cat lady religions. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and true. moved
1: on to weird, archaic Jesus religions. We, we brought so it full true. circle, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Sean. Oh God. As usual.
2: Is this circle a pentagram, by chance? I can <laughs> be a
1: dick, and I always bring things full circle. I guess you could call me a circle jerk.
0: So, so as I'm sure many of you want to give us feedback, but have not done so, tell us, Sean, how can they uh, join this discussion and feed the back, as it were?
1: They could go to our website, Nerdonomy.com, and click on that Talk to Us button, which will take you to a contact form, which will send an email to all of us. Or you can hit us up on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter profiles that you can hit us up on via direct message, comment. Uh, People still poke each other on Facebook. I suppose you could poke us. It does still exist. The poke function still exists. You can wave now If you want to sign up for FarmVille and help me out a little bit, I got some (laughs) wheat I
0: need
2: to harvest. (laughs) Thank you for those who have stayed active on our Instagram. I really appreciate it. Totally.
0: Uh, yes, indeed. I think the most important thing you can do, though, is uh, spread the word of nerd. I didn't say it last time. But, mm-hmm. I, like a bird
2: turd. Yeah, th- because
0: guess what, guys? We are a community podcast. We want to increase our audience because we, people. We want people doing to listen to us talk.
2: We want you to like us, really like us. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, guys, tell your friend, tell this... your mother, but don't tell your pastor about this episode. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> don't, don't tell your pastor. That's a good title. Don't tell me um, a long guys. I just we have to thank you again because without you, our listeners, we wouldn't be able to sustain youronomy. Like you, the things you do, particularly donations, the things you help us do, help us pay for um, our server hosting, our services, and by the way, you helped us pay for a new computer Yay! in our studio. So then, none of that would have been possible without your help. So thank you very much for that. Please keep up. Please keep supporting us and tell people please, about that. Enough KQEDing. Um, or contributions
3: from viewers like you exactly <laughs> enough
0: PBSing um, so and until we meet again stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode same nerd time same nerd channel nerdonomy.com
3: see ya bye
1: later Jesus is lord <laughs> <laughs> and roll credits
0: and now famous movie quotes you should not say during sex
1: cats come when they feel like it not when they're told oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.